Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone. This is uh, Kennard speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God, a biblical instructional program. Today is uh, September 8, 2012, on the Roman calendar. And I'm going to discuss blessings and cursings today and how to get both. Of course, I hope that most of us have enough common sense not to want to get cursed. But before we get into this Bible study, I need to address some things that are happening in particular in this country and around the world in reference to economics or economics. I'm referring to this article on CNN. You can Google this, August Jobs Report, Hiring Down Unemployment Falls. And this was done by Steve Hargreaves, September 7, 2012. And when you go to this website, it has a graphical representation of jobs and the amount of jobs that were created. The interesting thing about this, um, exactly one year from now, uh, the title of the article is August Jobs Report Hiring Slows Unemployment Falls. Uh, let me scroll down here. In August 2011, there was 85,000 jobs created. Well, August 2012, 96,000, so that's not too much. Well, it is an improvement, but it's not a substantial improvement. And let me just read this article briefly here says the labor market lost momentum last month as job growth fell to a disappointingly slow pace. The unemployment rate also fell as more people stopped looking for jobs. The economy added 96,000 jobs in August, down from 141,000 jobs in July, the Department of Labor said Friday. So this, this really isn't good news for folks at all. That's why I have to address it. Uh, meanwhile, the unemployment rate fell to 8.1%. From 8.3% in July. Economists polled by CNN Money were expecting 120,000 jobs to be added in the month and the unemployment rate to remain unchanged. It says the unemployment rate fell largely because 368,000 people stopped looking for work, many of them young people. Just 63.5% of the working age population was either employed or actively looking for work, a 30 year low. Again, let me underscore that and Repeat that, a 30-year low. I quote, these numbers are not strong, says Joseph 
Lavorgna. He is the chief economist, U.S. economist at Deutsche Bank. The job market is improving, but only gradually. And here's here's the key statistic that you need to understand. It says at least 150,000 jobs need to be created each month, each month, to simply keep pace with the growing population. And we're nowhere near doing that every month. So it says in addition to the large number of people leaving the workforce, Lagwagna said two other disappointing signs were that the number of hours people worked remained flat and wages were stagnant. The Labor Department also revised down the job numbers for the two previous months, resulting in 41,000 fewer jobs created than originally reported. Clearly, it's disappointing, but it's not horrible, said Scott Brown, chief economist at the investment management firm Raymond James. Well, not be, I'm going to add this. It may not be horrible for him, but for many Americans in this country, it is. It says we're not losing jobs. Well, I totally disagree with him on that based on the facts. But anyway, employment in restaurants and bars increased by by 20, I guess he's talking about jobs where you can't support your family. Uh, I guess you're not losing those type of jobs. But employment in restaurants and bars increased by 28,000, a sign that people may have more disposable income. Professional and technical service jobs rose by 27,000, and the healthcare industry added 17,000 jobs. In August, manufacturing was particularly hit, hard hit, shedding 15,000 jobs. The government continued to shed jobs, losing another 7,000 positions. So anyway, yeah, it, it, this is not good news, folks. This economy is really messed up, and we need to, if some of us aren't woken up to reality, you need to be woken up to reality. And it says, just two months before the election, the jobs numbers have become a talking point for both campaigns, but the report was not good news for President Obama, who was still hoping to climb out of the jobs deficit created during his presidency before voters head to the polls. Only two more monthly job reports remain before then. Today we learned that after losing around 800,000 jobs a month, when I took office, businesses once again added jobs for the 30th month in a row, Obama said during a speech in New Hampshire after the report was released. But that is not good enough. We know that it is not good enough. We need to create more jobs faster. And I agree with him. Uh, but it's still a situation that's, that's really serious right now, folks, and we need to be praying for other people to get jobs in this country. But most of all, as this Bible study is about, we need to be praying that this nation and the world uh, repents and starts to obey the Torah of Elohim because it's for everybody. Uh, the law of God is for everybody, all of mankind. And we, we need to understand that that message is definitely uh, in the Bible, that God is an equal opportunity God, and he's going to uh, offer spiritual salvation to all of mankind. So that that's what he wants to do, and we really all are his children, as I'm going to reveal to you today uh, in the book of Acts. And, you know, there definitely are two houses, House of Israel, House of Judah, uh, that's something that can't be denied in the scriptures, folks. Uh, but we have to understand who the house of Judah is and the house of Israel. Uh, what will help you understand this in a very logical way is um, 
Pierre Davidi's website. Go to his website. I implore you to go to his website and study his material. www.beasinboyritam.org. www.beasinboyritam.org. Uh, I have studied the uh, House of Israel and the House of Judah situation for years. Uh, I've been um, keeping the Shabbat and the Holy Days like uh, Jesus or Yeshua, which is his Hebrew name, uh, ever since I was 19 years old. I'm 46 years old now. So that's about 27 years I've been keeping uh, the Shabbat and the Holy Days. And I have been aware of who Israel is. And Israel, sure, many of them are Christians, but for uh, you to understand this even better, geographically, it, it's Israel consists of the United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, including Canada, the countries in Northwestern Europe, uh, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, countries where we have plenty of resources and plenty of Bibles. That's where the majority of the House of Israel is located today. That can be proven out of the Bible. It can be proven outside the Bible, etc. The house of Judah consists of Jews, the Levites, and Benjamites, or Benjamin. They merge into being the Jews. Now, it is true that some of the house of Israel did come with the Jews when King Cyrus announced that they can go back and rebuild the temple. But not all of them did. And it can be proven out of the scriptures that that's the case. So anyway, but let's understand that there, God is concerned about every human being on this earth. He loves every human being, and he wants to see every human being repent. That's the reason why Yeshua came. He came to give his life for all of mankind. So let's understand that. And that's the premise that I'm going to start out with. And then we are going to understand the reason why the world is not at peace right now. The reason why uh, we have curses, not just among the house of Israel and the house of Judah, but for all human beings. He wants to bless all human beings. So let's first of all understand that we're all children of God. Uh, we have a physical father, Adam and a physical mother that we all have come from. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. I'm going to... I guess I will read this whole thing. Uh, let me read it in the... Um, an easier version for you to understand here. In the contemporary English version, I'll read it. It says, After Paul and his friends... And it's Acts chapter 17. After Paul and his friends had traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, <laughs> they went to Thessalonica. A Jewish meeting place was in that city. So the Jewish meeting place was a, a Jewish synagogue or, or a place where the Jews met at that time. Verse 2, So as usual, Paul went there to worship, and on three Shabbats or Sabbaths he spoke to the people. He used the scriptures. Verse 3, To show that the Messiah... 
and, and keep in mind that this was considered um, outside of the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Um, they were visiting Greeks in this context here. So, as usual, Paul went there to worship, and on three Shabbats, he spoke to the people who uses <coughs> scriptures. Verse 3, <coughs> excuse me, to show them that the Messiah had to suffer, but that he would rise from the dead. <coughs> excuse me. Paul also told them that Jesus is the Messiah he was preaching about. Verse 4, some of them believed that Paul had said and they became followers with Paul and Silas. Some Gentiles and many important women also believed the message. The Jewish leaders were jealous and got some worthless burns who hung around. Oh, I'm sorry. The Jewish leaders were jealous and, and got some worthless bums who hung around the marketplace to start a riot in the city. They wanted to drag Paul and Silas out to the mob, and so they went straight to Jason's home. Verse 6. But when they did not find them there, they dragged out Jason and some of the Lord's followers. They took them to the city authorities and shouted, Paul and Silas has been upsetting things everywhere. Now they have come here. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. And all of them broke the laws of the Roman emperor by claiming that someone named Jesus is king. Verse 8, the officials and the people were upset when they heard this. So they made Jason and all the other followers pay bell before letting them go. Then the same night the Lord's followers sent Paul and Silas on to Berea, and after they arrived they went to the Jewish meeting place. The people in Berea were much nicer than those in Thessalonica, and they gladly accepted the message. Day after day they studied the scripture to see if these things were true. Verse 12, many of them put their faith in the Lord, including some important Greek women and several women. Verse 13, when the Jewish leaders in Thessalonica heard that Paul had been preaching God's message in Berea, they went there and caused trouble by turning the crowds against Paul. Verse 14, right away the, the followers sent Paul down to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed in Berea. Some men went after Paul as far as Athens and then returned with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join them as, as soon as possible. And this this is interesting because what Paul is going to say here now is very significant. And this Athens, of course, is in Greece, which is Gentile, right? So verse 16, while Paul was waiting in Athens, he was upset to see all the idols in the city. Verse 17, he went to the Jewish meeting place to speak to the Jews and to anyone who worshipped with them. Day after day, he also spoke to everyone he met in the market. Verse 18, some of them were uh, Epicureans and some were Stoics. And they started arguing with him. People were asking, what is this uh, know-it-all trying to say? Some even say Paul must be preaching about foreign gods. That's what he means when he talks about Jesus and about people rising from the dead. In verse 19, they brought Paul before a consul called the Areopagus, and they said, tell us what your new teaching is all about. We have heard you say some strange things, and we want to know what you mean. Verse 21, more than anything else, the people of Athens and the foreigners lived there love to hear and talk about anything new. Everyone wants to have something new, new, new. That's Greek thought. New, new, new. Verse 22, so Paul stood up in front of the consul and said, People of Athens, I see that you are very religious. Verse 23, as I was going through your city and looking at the things you worship, I found an altar with the words to an unknown God. You worship this God, but you don't really know him, so I want to tell you about him. 
verse 24. This God made the world and everything in it. He is Lord of heaven and earth, and he doesn't live in temples built by human hands. Verse 25, he doesn't need help from anyone. He gives life, breath, and everything else to all people. Not just the house of Israel and the Judah, but to all people. Verse 26, um, and hold your place here. There's another scripture that tells you that there's there's three groups that God is concerned with um, in uh, Jeremiah. Let me find this here. Jeremiah. Well, there's two places I'm going to go to. Jeremiah 36. Starting in verse um, 2. Read this in the King James. Jeremiah 36, verse 2. Take thee a roll of a book and write there in all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel. So that's the house of Israel, one group. And against Judah, house of Judah, two groups. And against all the nations. From the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Joshua, even unto this day. So that is the, if you want a summation of how God breaks things down, that's how he does it. Uh, you have the house of Israel, which is uh, consists of the ten lost tribes, right? And then Judah, which consists of Levi and Benjamin and, and Judah, the Jews, and against all the other nations. So there's three groups there. There's three groups. So biblically, when you see the word uh, Gentile, it's not always talking about um Israelite is Gentiles. It could be also talking about those that are not a part of the house of Israel and the house of Judah, the rest of the nations. And that's uh, something that that uh, you need to understand. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11, starting in verse uh, 12. And this is a prophecy about the Messiah. And again, this word for nations means Gentiles. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, that's the other group, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. But I, I believe Jeremiah 36 verse 2 is very accurate in separating those. So you have the house of Israel, you have the house of Judah, and then you have the nations. All right, so... And God is concerned about all three of those groups. So let's go back to what we were talking about here, back in Acts chapter 17. And I read in a contemporary English version of the Bible. All right, so in verse 21, okay, let's go back to verse 22 of Acts chapter 17. So Paul stood up in front of the council and said, People of Athens, I see that you are very religious. Verse 23, As I was going through your city and looking at the things you worship, I found an altar with the words to an unknown God. You worship this God, but you don't really know him, so I want to tell you about him. This God made the world and everything in it. He is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he doesn't live in temples built by human hands. 
Verse 25, he doesn't need help from anyone. He gives life, breath, and everything else to all people. Verse 26, from one person God made all nations. Let's understand this. From one person, which is which who was Adam, God made all nations who live on the earth. Now, this word nations, this word nations, in the Greek, means Gentile. So, let's understand that the word Gentile means nations. And it can refer to the house of Israel, the house of Judah. It can refer to any human being. You know, any, any group of human being can form a nation or be Gentile. Okay? So that that's what we need to understand. Um, Israel is considered a nation. That word nation, in most cases, I think in a lot of cases, let me just type in the word nation in my concordance here. And he said of Abraham, he would make him a great nation. And, and that, that word nation, yes, it means Gentile. Make of thee a great nation. And so we have to understand what the, when you see Gentile, it means nation. It means nations, all right. So let's let's understand that, um, and we have to look at the original words to to really understand what some of these words mean. Okay. So anyway, Acts seventeen verse twenty six, and he has made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations. Verse twenty seven. Now, he wants every human being on the earth, all the Gentiles of all the nations, (laughs) okay, verse 27, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. So, again, I just want to focus on, on the fact that human beings and all different parts of the world make up different nations. Now, again, Jeremiah chapter 36, verse 2, breaks it down into three groups. The house of Israel, the house of Judah, and all the other nations. But all of those are considered nations. Because God said he would make Abraham a great nation. which Israel is, the entire house of Israel, the 12 tribes. So anyway, verse 28, For in him we live, Acts chapter 17, we live and more and move and, and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring, verse 29, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, he's talking about all of mankind, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. Verse 30. And the times of this ignorance, and let's not be ignorant, God winked at, but now commands all men, anyone from the house of Judah, the house of Israel, and the nations, to repent. Verse 31. Because he has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, 
He has given assurance unto all men and that he has raised him from the dead. Okay, so let's let's understand that that this message is for everybody, for the house of Judah, the house of Ju- of, of Israel, and all the other nations, and and, and the scriptures is is divided into those three groups. Okay, so I, I hope that you understand that biblically, and then also in John chapter three, John chapter three, starting in verse. 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. So Yeshua came to this earth to save not just the house of Judah and Israel, but the entire world and all the other nations as well. That's the reason why he came. Uh, they are, they, there are distinctions. There is two houses that, that God is particularly concerned with right now in terms of them fulfilling what they should be doing. They should be a light to all the other um, people in the house of Judah and house of Israel that are blinded, but also to the other nations as well as revealed in Isaiah chapter 60. Okay, so um, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Starting in verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. That word man in the original Hebrew means mankind, human being. That's the duty of everyone, not just for the house of Judah and the house of Israel, but also for all the other nations, the entire, for all three groups. And why? Well, in verse 14, this is the reason why. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's the reason why. And I think I read that in Acts, in Acts, Chapter 17. Let's read that. This is similar to Ecclesiastes, uh, the last chapter, and a few last verses there. Uh, Acts 17, verse 30. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now command of all men everywhere, all men, all men from the house of Judah, all men from the house of Israel, and all men from the rest of the nations outside of the house of Judah and the house of Israel. To repent, verse 31, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance unto all men in that he raised him from the dead. So, God wishes that none perish. He does not want any human being to perish. that's, That's the scripture. Let me see if I can find it here. That's how much he loves all of mankind, folks. He's an, Again, he's an equal opportunity God. He's an equal opportunity God. Let me see if I can find it here. I think it's in Romans somewhere. 
Here we go. Second Peter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He, he, has, he wants all of mankind to come to repentance. That's how loving he is. Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66, beginning in verse 22. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Shabbat to another shall all flesh, as all of mankind, come to worship before me, says the Lord. And worship is defined in James 1 verse 27 as taking care of the widows and the fathers, those who are poor and underprivileged, and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. Now, the way you keep yourself unspotted from the world is to keep the Torah of God, of Elohim. Verse 24 of Isaiah chapter 66. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worms shall not die, meaning that there's going to be so many bodies that there's going to be worms eating the bodies, basically. Neither shall their fire be quenched. It's going to be in the, in the Gehenna um the Valley of Gehenna is going to be there, the physical one, and their bodies are going to be dumped there, obviously, during the millennium. Uh, those that refuse to obey, they will be destroyed. And they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. So that's the consequences of, of, of those, a part of mankind that refuse to obey the great Elohim. And in Isaiah chapter 24, beginning in verse 1, Isaiah 24, verse 1, it says, Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and maketh it waste and turns it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. What a, what a way to begin a chapter of the Bible, but you know, this, is, this needs to be read so you can understand why the world is in the state it is now. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priests, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. Verse 3, the land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. Verse 4, the earth mourneth and fadeth away, the world languisheth and fadeth away, the haughty people of the earth do languish. Verse 5, the earth also is defiled under the inhabitants, there because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenants talking about all of mankind, not just the house of Judah, house of Israel, everyone has broken the everlasting covenant. Verse 6, therefore has the curse, here we go again with curse, devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. This is what all this Torah breaking, or breaking the commandments of God, is leading to. There's going to be few men left on the earth, unfortunately, before Yeshua comes back. So I hope you understand a clear picture here that God's ultimate goal is for all of mankind to obey the Torah. And it's not just reserved for um, the house of Judah and the house of Israel, but for the entire world. And we have to understand in the Bible, uh, when in a lot of cases the word Gentile um, 
nation is translated uh, Gentile in a lot of cases in the King James Version. All right. And then in Genesis 35, verse 11, when he told Abraham, which, you know, the house of Judah and the house of Israel came out of Abraham, and in Genesis 35, verse 11, and God said unto them, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply a nation, and a company of nations shall be of thee. And that word nation, of course, in the original Hebrew, uh, a Gentile. <laughs> so, uh, and kings shall come out of thy loins. All right, so... But really, the way to understand the word Gentile, it means, in most cases, if not all cases in, in the Bible, nation. That's what it means. In Exodus 19, verse 16, he called the house of Israel a nation. Uh, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That word again, uh, Gentile. So, a goy, all right, goy, that's what it means. So the, the kingdom of Israel is called a goy. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy goy. Holy Gentiles, right? Nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So we have scriptural proof that the house of Judah and the house of Israel can be goys. Gentiles, according to when you look at the original um the original translations here all right so let's let's understand that and you know i have to to uh, clarify some things and i think in the two house teaching is is assumed that whenever you see the word gentile it's talking about um an israelite gentile or someone who's lost and don't know their identity well Jeremiah chapter 36 verse 2 proves that there's there's three groups basically that, that God is concerned about. The house of Israel, the house of Judah, and the nations. So there's people outside of the house of Judah and the house of Israel that he's concerned with too, that he loves too, equally. So let's let's understand that and let's use the Bible to help us understand these things. Now that's true. There's there's two there are two houses that God is really concerned with, not because He wants to separate mankind, but because He gave the house of Israel a responsibility. They, they we we should be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, and we have failed in that responsibility to guide the other nations to Elohim. And again, as I stated, those geographically today those nations the house of Israel consists of the United States the British Commonwealth of Nations this isn't British Israelism I'm talking about this is just common sense based on thorough research it doesn't mean that the British and, and, and the United States are superior to anyone else it's just that we've been blessed as, as a part of the prophecy uh, prophecies being fulfilled and God gave our people's the responsibility to teach the rest of, of the nations his truth. And Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, the countries in Northwestern Europe, and of course anyone that becomes a believer of Yeshua automatically becomes a part of the house of Israel because he is the king of Israel. 
So let's understand these things. And and uh let's understand who Gentiles are and who the house of Israel is and and also the, the house of Judah, sure. You know, House of Israel um living among pagan nations will become like Gentiles and they are Gentiles. But again, Jeremiah chapter uh, thirty-six, verse two, makes a distinction that you that if you believe the words of God, you can't deny that. It's talk, let's read it again. Jeremiah chapter thirty-six, verse two, and you know there's other distinctions too, but I think this is a, a good one here. It says, "Take the roll of a book and write there all the words that I have spoken." Unto thee against Israel, first group, against Judah, second group, and against all the nations, from the day I spake unto thee. So those are the three groups that God is concerned with. That's the entire planet. House of Israel, the house of Judah, and against all the nations. Okay, so let's understand that. And now let's get over to what these blessings and cursings are and what we must do to avoid being cursed and what we must do to be blessed. And before I read that, uh, since I am in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 7. Again, this word nation can be translated Gentile. And again, many, many different places in the Bible when you see the word Gentile, it means nation. So, we have to understand that. So, yep. In a lot of cases, that uh, the same word, uh, Hebrew word goy, is, is, is talking about nations. Okay. So let's go back. Jeremiah 18, verse 7. At what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom, to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy? Verse 8. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. So, He's concerned, again, about everyone. Again, he's an equal opportunity God. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, chapter 27, starting in verse 14. And the Levites shall speak and say unto all men of Israel with a loud voice. Verse 15. Curse be the man that maketh any graven or molten image, an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and put of it a secret place, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Verse 16, Cursed be he that set of light by his father or his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Verse 17, Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Verse 18, Cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way, and all the people shall say, Amen. Verse 19, Cursed be he that perverteth the judgment of the stranger, fathers, and widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. Verse 20, Cursed be he that lieth with his father's wife, because he uncovereth his father's skirt, 
and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with any manner of beasts, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with his with his sister, and the daughter of his father, or the mother of his the daughter of his mother, and all the people that say shall say, Amen. Cursed he that lieth with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that smite of his neighbor secretly, and all the, the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that take a reward to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say, Amen again. And that only confirms Isaiah chapter 24. That's why the world is cursed right now. As to why the world does not have peace, let's turn to Psalms 119 to understand this. Psalm 119, starting in 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing. 166. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation, and done thy commandments. That's the reason why we don't have peace on the earth, because all of mankind is not keeping the law. And that will change in the future, folks. That will change in the future. But for that to change, we have to get into a repentant state. We must repent. So what I'm going to do, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, I'm going to uh, play this in audio. Hopefully I can get this to work right, but uh, in audio, dramatic audio. Deuteronomy chapter 28, it lists the blessings and the cursings. The blessings if you keep the entire doctrines and teachings of God and cursings if you don't. And for you to think that, for those who still think that you, you shouldn't keep the, the law of Moses, which is the law of God, uh, let me quote this scripture here before I uh, play the audio version of Deuteronomy chapter 28. It says, and starting in verse 15, 2 Timothy 3, verse 15, and that from a child, as in the King James Version, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished into all good works. And keep in mind that the New Testament or the Renewed Covenant Scriptures weren't completed yet when, uh, under the inspiration of Elohim, Shaul, or Paul, wrote this Scripture to Timothy. Okay, so let's uh, review the audio version here of Deuteronomy chapter 28, and then I'll come back on the air to close the Bible study. Faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God.
Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake, and he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people, holy to himself, as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, and all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you, and the Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your livestock, and in the fruit of your ground, within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. And if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in all that you undertake to do, until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds, because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off the land, that you are entering to take possession of it. The Lord will strike you with wasting disease and with fever, inflammation, and fiery heat, and with drought, and with blight, and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. And the heavens over your head shall be bronze, and the earth under you shall be iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder. From heaven dust shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And you shall be a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. And your dead bodies shall be food for all birds of the air and for the beast of the earth. And there shall be no one to frighten them away. The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt and with tumors and scabs and itch of which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of mind, and you shall grope at noonday as the blind grope in darkness, and you shall not prosper in your ways, 
and you shall be only oppressed and robbed continually, and there shall be no one to help you. You shall betroth a wife, but another man shall ravish her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not enjoy its fruit. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat any of it. Your donkey shall be seized before your face, but shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, but there shall be no one to help you. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people, while your eyes look on and fail with longing for them all day long. But you shall be helpless. A nation that you have not known shall eat up the fruit of your ground and of all your labors, and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually, so that you are driven mad by the sights that your eyes see. The Lord will strike you on the knees, and on the legs with grievous boils of which you cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you to a nation that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone. And you shall become a horror, a problem, and a byword among all the peoples where the Lord will lead you away. You shall carry much seed into the field, and shall gather in little, for the locusts shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and dress them, but you shall neither drink of the wine, nor gather the grapes, for the worm shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for your olives shall drop off. You shall father sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. The cricket shall possess all your trees and the fruit of your ground. The sojourner who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. All these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you till you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes that he commanded you. They shall be a sign and a wonder against you and your offspring forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things. Therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst in nakedness and lacking everything and he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the end of the earth, swooping down like the eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand, a hard-faced nation who shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. It shall eat the offspring of your cattle and the fruit of your ground until you are destroyed. It also shall not leave you grain wine or oil, the increase of your herds or the young of your flock, until they have caused you to perish. They shall besiege you in all your towns, until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout all your land. And they shall besiege you in all your towns throughout all your land, which the Lord your God has given you. And you shall eat the fruit of your womb, the flesh of your sons and daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you. 
in the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you. The man who is the most tender and refined among you will begrudge food to his brother, to the wife he embraces, and to the last of the children whom he has left, so that he will not give to any of them any of the flesh of his children whom he is eating, because he has nothing else left in the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you in all your towns. The most tender and refined woman among you who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because she is so delicate and tender will begrudge to the husband she embraces, to her son and to her daughter, her afterbirth that comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears because lacking everything she will eat them secretly in the siege and in the distress with which your enemy shall distress you in your towns. If you are not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring on you and your offspring extraordinary afflictions, afflictions severe and lasting, and sicknesses grievous and lasting. And he will bring upon you again all the diseases of Egypt, of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Every sickness also and every affliction that is not recorded in the book of this law, the Lord will bring upon you until you are destroyed. Whereas you were as numerous as the stars of heaven, you shall be left few in number, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And as the Lord took delight in doing you good and multiplying you, so the Lord will take delight in bringing ruin upon you and destroying you. And you shall be plucked off the land that you are entering to take possession of it. And the Lord will scatter you among all peoples, from one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, which neither you nor your fathers have known. And among these nations you shall find no respite, and there shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But the Lord will give you there a trembling heart and failing eyes and a languishing soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. Night and day you shall be in dread and have no assurance of your life. In the morning you shall say, If only it were evening. And at evening you shall say, If only it were morning. Because of the dread that your heart shall feel and the sights that your eyes shall see. And the Lord will bring you back in ships to Egypt, a journey that I promised that you should never make again. And there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves. But there will be no buyer. All right, folks, that's not good news, but um, that is what the prophet Mose, or Moses prophesied, of course, with... Uh, Elohim's or God's help, that that's, this is what would happen to you if you continue to be stubborn. Again, this applies to the house of Israel, house of Judah, and all the rest of the nations, according to uh, another prophet's words in uh, Jeremiah chapter um, 36, verse 2. All of mankind. We have to obey these laws. And Elohim is not playing around. It has been proven throughout history that we, when we continue to consistently break the laws of God or Elohim, 
we are cursed. This whole world is under a curse, as I've read to you in Isaiah chapter 24. And we must recognize that and realize the reason why the world is under a curse is because it's because we refuse to want to obey him. The good news is, uh, if I have enough time here, I'd like to play the audio version of Revelation. The good news is that the house of Judah and the house of Israel and the nations, a significant amount of them and the individuals in those uh, three uh, groups will repent. And that is revealed in Revelation chapter uh, 7, if I can find it here. Yes, it's revealed in uh, Revelation chapter 7. And it's, uh, how much time I have left here? I probably can play it here. No, I can't. Well, it's going to, I'll just go ahead and summarize it here. But in Revelation chapter 7, it talks about, um, in verse Four of Revelation chapter 7 and I heard the number of them which were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel so that's one group and that includes of course the house of Judah and the house of Israel because at this particular point in time this is uh, during the tribulation period they will be united and Ezekiel chapter 37 talks about that so Revelation chapter 7 um, the verses that are referring to the uh, children of Israel being sealed, that is part of the process of the house of Judah and the house of Judah, the house of Judah and the house of Israel coming together. So anyway, that that's what this is describing here, uh, verse 4, And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. This is beginning the process. Of course, later on others will be uh, brought in and combined into the 12 tribes of Israel again. It's right now separated. You have a house of Judah, you have the house of Israel. But this is what I want you to notice here. This is another group. Verse 14. And I said to them, Sir, thou knowest... Okay, wait a minute. Let me go back to Revelation chapter 7, verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying to me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence did they come? Verse 14. And I said to them, Sir, you knowest. And he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation, or great suffering, or sorrow, and they have washed their robes and, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So they repented. They did Teshuvah. Verse 15. Therefore, they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple, and he that sits on the throne shall dwell among them. Verse 16. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Well, wait a minute. Let me go to... I want to go to the scripture where it says who they are specifically. Verse 9, Revelation 7, verse 9. After this I beheld and lo, and this is after the the tribes of Israel, the children of Israel have been sealed. Okay, um, the ones that behave themselves enough to be worthy to be sealed during the tribulation. Verse 9, after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations. This would include the rest of them, uh, including the House of Judah, House of Israel, and the rest of all the nations throughout the world, um, and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and psalms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne, and to, our, and to the Lamb. 
And all the angels stood around about the throne and, and the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne in their faces and worshipped God. Saying, Amen, blessed and glorying and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And of course the rest of the uh, scripture talks about how they were blessed and, and who they are and and their reward and so forth. So to summarize, the blessing and cursings apply uh, to the house of Israel, the house of Judah, and to all the nations. And Elohim wants every human being on this earth to repent. And if we do, we will receive the gift of spiritual salvation. We will be truly saved. We will be become immortal, and we will have a spiritual body. And we will be able to dwell with the Father and the Son and all the righteous angels. So that's that's what's in store for us. And if you want a summary of all that, if you want a summary of God's wonderful and incredible plan for mankind, read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So, and I hope I've explained the, you know, the Gentile. Because I know that that some people, I know there's there's some that um, understand that Gentiles uh, can only be referring to uh, lost Israelites of the of the ten tribes, and that's not true when you look at the scriptures. It also can refer to the other nations that are outside of the house of Judah and the house of Israel. He loves those too. All right, so let's understand that and believe what the scriptures are indicating. And may the great Elohim bless you and keep you. And God willing, I will be available to you next week. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 